Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Hope you guys are keeping well and doing well. I just wanted to let you know before we get going on the upcoming webinar that Matt will be doing December 5th called Finding Purpose After Porn. I think this is something that you're going to want to attend. And even if you can't on December 5th, you can get the replay. But listen to this one. It's going to be great. Matt does a great job just setting the table of understanding of what it means to look past porn, not just view it as the only thing in our life that we need to get rid of, um, or that's the goal of our life, but we have so much more for us, right? And so he's going to break that down. He's going to do a great job of it. And I'm really excited to hear it actually. So, and you should be too. So let's get going on this talk today though. We're going to be discussing the three essentials to help someone beat porn. So what we mean here is if you are that accountability partner, you're that person that can help someone take next steps to getting healing and growing in their life. And we're going to give you some tools and tips and some understanding of how to do this well. So let's get going. Matt, what are three essentials to help someone beat porn? Well, first, I think it's important to understand that we're called to do this. We're called to help people out of sin and in Galatians 6, it says that we, when we're spirit-led, we're there to, to restore others who are caught in sin. And so we've got we've to follow the leading of the Spirit to look for people that we can help. And so I think if we're believers in Christ, I think that that's something that he's looking for us to do. And, uh, and, and really, it's an honor. I mean, it's something that he, he allows us to do. He lets us be part of the journey of walking other people to more freedom and to maturity in Christ and, and out of sinful habits. So it's a real honor to be able to do that. And so when we have that on our heart and we're like, man, I want to help people or people come into me and they're asking for help. How do we do that? The first thing that we want to talk about is setting proper boundaries and expectations with people. 
And this is a really important one because we want to have relationships that are sustainable, that are long-term. And when there's not proper boundaries or expectations set right from the beginning, often there can be miscommunication. There can be even feelings that are hurt or just uh, a misunderstanding when there's maybe a time, a few days where there's no communication. Or if somebody's putting an expectation on us that they shouldn't maybe put on us as their accountability partner or as the person that they're looking to for help. Sometimes maybe they can misunderstand where we're coming from. And and so it's just really important to set proper expectations and boundaries right at the outset of a relationship. Yeah, otherwise what happens is that person will be calling you 24-7 or they'll be expecting you to reach out to them. They're the, they, you're the one that's going to reach out to them. They're going to, you know, they're going to rely on you in a way that's unhealthy. And eventually they're just going to get really disappointed and jaded and so are you. And so that's important. If you as the accountability partner, someone approaches you to do that to, and to have the honor of doing that for somebody, you need to know what these boundaries are so that the relationship's healthy and it's moving forward. It's not something that's stagnant and going to keep someone stuck because I had that. I had relationships with people that I approached them to be my accountability partner early on and, and they didn't really understand what that meant. They thought it was just maybe I confessed to them or they slapped me on the wrist or whatever, right? And it didn't work for me. And also they kind of were put in a position too where maybe they felt uncomfortable because they didn't really know what the expectations were. And they didn't even know how to communicate that to me and I didn't know how to communicate that to them. So we were in this kind of relationship that was frustrating. <laughs> it didn't help my life. It didn't help them. Not that it's looking to help them, but still as accountability partners, we there's a byproduct in this and that we're blessed in it too. But they weren't experiencing that, um, these people that I was dealing with. So we have to have that discussion, that initial discussion of just saying, hey, this is what I expect of this relationship. What are something that we should tell somebody that's maybe approaching us to be their accountability partner? Yeah, that's a good question. I learned this because I had made so many mistakes being on both ends of it. And when I was struggling reaching out for help, I was looking for people to help me and I was putting expectations on them to initiate the conversation all the time and and to really be the the source of my freedom. And and so from those mistakes I just learned that, you know, there's gotta be these conversations. And so I remember one time there's this guy he texted me. He said, hey, I'm getting Covenant Eyes software on my phone. Um, can I have your email to put it down as my accountability partner? And so I didn't respond to the text. I called him back and I said, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for you to do that. But what are you looking for more than that? And he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, that's not everything. Like we've got to we've got to be in communication. We've got to talk once a week. Are you looking for that? Are you looking for me to ask questions and go deep with you? And I mean, this isn't to knock him, but he was kind of caught off guard because he was like, oh, I I thought accountability was just software and that was it. <laughs> and so being able to have that conversation with him was a really good thing because it sets that expectations where it's like, okay, we're going to meet once a month. We're going to talk once a week. You can reach out to me if I don't get back to you when you're reaching out to me other times throughout the week. If I don't get back to you right away, I will you know, within an hour, within two hours, it might be I'm on a date or something. Um, but if I don't get back to you, then this is what I expect you to do. I expect you to reach to somebody else or I expect you to to ask yourself this set of questions to help you out of temptation. And so there's these expectations that you've got to set. And you know what? I mean, some people are like, yeah, right on. Like, this is good. But then other people are like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this. I just wanted to send you reports. And so then it kind of weeds them out where then you're not stuck getting emotionally invested in this relationship, begging out 
begging for their freedom or, pray, or praying for their freedom when they're not even putting the work in. And that's something that I had to learn too, is having that expectation with somebody really kind of weeds out the people who are serious from those who aren't. Mm, yeah, you really have to set that standard, that boundary. Otherwise, I mean, your time's just going to be wasted, really. And you can devote your time to better things and be an accountability partner to someone who's actually owning their healing. And that's an expectation, right? We have to tell people that they have to own their healing. We're not going to do it for them. <laughs> We're not the horse that's pulling the cart. You know, they got to be the ones that are putting in the work. They're the ones that are reaching out. And that's something we should communicate to them. It's like, look, I'm here to walk with you and journey with you. But I'm not the source of your healing. I'm helping you in this. I'm not the guy that you look to. And if it work, doesn't work, then you're mad at me. No, this is something that we're journeying in together. And I think that's something that we have to communicate those boundaries. And I know that one guy, we Mark McKinney, he was on the webinar a couple of weeks ago there. And he said something really cool, interesting. He says he won't enter into an accountability relationship with someone unless they agree to join a recovery group and to use the resources that he recommends. Like he won't do that. And I'm like, I remember hearing that. I don't know if you heard that, Matt, but I was like, wow, that's pretty profound. And this is a guy that does a great job at this. And I think it's a good lesson for us. Yeah. And another one is that you've got to commit to being in the word every day and you've got to commit to reading the Bible because the reality is the Holy Spirit is our counselor and God and his word is a source of all wisdom. And so if somebody is not in the word, getting that from for themselves from God, then they're putting way too many expectations on you to be the source of their healing and the source of all wisdom. And I mean, you might have wisdom, but you might not do like you might lead them astray. And so so it's just that protection and it's that humility to to say to them, like, I might not have all the answers, right? Like, it's not a bad thing. I mean, we're human. We're, we're all imperfect. None of us have all 100% the, the, of, of the knowledge that we need um, to overcome certain things. And so it's not bad to say like, yeah, I might lead you astray, but you need to be in the word so that you have that wisdom and you have that leading from the father as well. And so that's an expectation to put on somebody at the start of a relationship is that get in a recovery group, get in a, in a, uh, uh, involved in even a ministry where you can take advantage of resources. We can talk once a week. We can talk throughout the week for five minutes here and there. We can text. Um, but set a, set a boundary with your time that works over the long term. So if you're married and you're, you're, and you have kids, your wife and your kids are priority over that person. And so when that person doesn't understand the boundaries, sometimes they can be calling, calling, calling and texting. And you're like, whoa, 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 like I'm with my family. And some people might leave their family to then go attend to this person. But that's not proper alignment. Like that's not proper understanding of boundaries. And so there's got to have be, there's got to have that understanding on both sides. And one thing that's super important with this right from the get go is is expecting 100 percent honesty. And this is super important because when somebody lies and they get away with it, then they're like, okay, I can lie some more and I can lie some more. I remember there was a guy that I was kind of working with and and I felt like he wasn't telling me the whole truth. And so I asked him and I said, this particular situation, I said, is this happening? And he said, no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, okay. And, I, and I, it felt weird to me. It felt like, I don't know, I, I'm surprised. I believed him, but I was surprised that that he said he wasn't doing this stuff 
And it came out a few months later that he was doing all of that stuff. And he just hadn't been honest with me. And so he apologized. But that was a lesson to me in in realizing that I wasn't like firm in my stance that you need to be 100% honest with me. And you need to tell me exactly what's going on. Because if you don't, I mean, this is a waste of time. And we don't want to waste our time. God doesn't want us to waste our time. And if somebody is not being 100% honest, the reality is they're probably not going to get free. And even if they do, it'll take like, what, 10 times the amount of time that it would otherwise if they were just honest. And so expecting honesty right from the beginning is so crucial to this. Yeah. And an an expectation I I would recommend too, that you put on your own life as well, that you have an internal conversation about, is you're not going to take the burden of this person's healing on your shoulders. That burden is for God, not for you. And it's important that you understand that because people are people, they're complex and they may own their healing. They may take their necessary steps, but they may not. And that's on them, right? We can't force people to do things. We're here simply to journey with them down the trail, right? We're walking with them. Have that understanding, that expectation and boundary for you is you're not going to take the burden of their healing on your shoulders. You're just there to be a partner in it. You're not the, the source of that God is, and you're just directing them to where they need to go, but that's it. So don't, because I've seen this, you just get crushed, right? When someone messes up or screws up and they they fall back into this life and you just feel so defeated to the point where you never want to do this ever again. And I would just say, don't do that. (laughs) Like, and I know that's not easy because we care, right? One of the things that, of course, if you're an accountability partner, you're doing it because you care. And I get that. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. That's great that you care, but just have a boundary around that care that you're providing, understanding that. People are people. They're going to make their choices. So you just have to be careful. Don't take the burden of their healing on your own shoulders. Then the last thing that we want to talk about as far as expectations is expect that they'll get free. (laughs) Expect that. Like some people, it's like, oh, I'm trying to work through this struggle and it takes years because they never fully expect freedom. But we're called to disciple. We're not called to just help people out of sin. We're called to disciple. And part of being a disciple is getting them to the point where they're spirit-led, where they're leading other people, where they're making an impact. I mean, disciples make disciples that make disciples, right? And so we want to look at this person and go, man, they've got porn use in their life, which means they don't fully understand the love of God, which means they don't fully understand who they are in God. And so let's disciple them in that stuff so that they can get to a point where they're free of this stuff because there's, they're growing in their, in their intimacy and maturity in Christ. And so then they're becoming a disciple that can then multiply this impact through impacting other people. And so have an expectation that like, okay, I know that you, you, you stumbled again and there's grace for that. But at the same time, saying things like, hey, it's okay. Um, is like, well, maybe it's not okay. Like maybe it's like, hey, I understand that this happened. I'm not mad at you for this happening. But at the same time, I expect that when temptation comes, you're going to get free. I expect that you'll get through that. And so having an expectation of freedom, and sometimes it's just in the language that we use, is super, super important. Yeah, it really is. And this is so important. Communicate these things to the person before. Um, we, we really encourage you to do that. Have this discussion about what the expectations are and set the boundaries in place. Otherwise, the relationship really doesn't have any direction. You need direction, and that is set by having the, that, that conversation with boundaries and expectations. But then after we do that, as accountability kind of partners we need to have some skills right we need to have some understanding resources but first off skills what are some skills that we need to have to do this well yeah well one main thing that's so important like it's a non-negotiable actually is vulnerability on the part of the accountability partner so if somebody's coming to you and saying hey man i need help or hey girl i need help with my porn use 
then you've got to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be willing to be vulnerable with this person. I think I shared this once on another episode, but I was about 21 years old, didn't want to tell anybody about porn. I think I'd only told one other person and my pastor took me out and he said, okay, Matt, we're going to, we'll, we're going to meet every week. But if we're going to meet, then I'm going to be vulnerable with you about things like pornography. And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't want to do that with you. But because he was vulnerable with me, then I was willing and, and I guess even kind of felt forced to be vulnerable with him, right? And so there's just so much power in vulnerability for multiple reasons. I mean, number one, they can relate to you more. Number two, they trust you more. Um, number three, you don't get prideful when you're willing to be vulnerable. And so there's so many uh, benefits to it, but that's a that's a, a really, really important thing on the part of the accountability partner. Yeah, you, you kind of set the tone, right? Like you set the environment of what it's going to look like. And if someone sees that you're going to be vulnerable, they're more willing to do that. Now with this though, one of the understandings that we hope that you have is that because you're being vulnerable, that doesn't mean that this person you're being vulnerable with all of a sudden becomes your accountability partner or your mentor. No, you should have that on your own. Um, look for that on your own. You're there as in a, in a leadership um, partner support role. You, so you need to have your vulnerability with that understanding too. Because sometimes we can share too much. <laughs> sometimes we can share not enough. So you need to find the balance there. Because um, some things won't be helpful. The person who's looking to you for accountability. So you have to be have some wisdom here. Because um, some things just shouldn't be shared. And some things are very helpful to be shared. So, I mean, one of the things like, you know, it's great to use past stories and past tense stuff that's happened to you about your life. That's great. If it's an ongoing battle, just be mindful. Is this something that will cause this person to stumble um, or help them so you just need to ask yourself that question now if you're sharing say your battle with porn we're just going to tell you to back up a little bit before you become that accountability for somebody get the porn under your life first and the reason why is because you can't help somebody unless you know first how to get to that that goal in fact you can do more harm than good to yourself and to them so we just want to set that precedent first have it out of your life before you become an accountability partner yeah, and it's really important to pay attention to what God is saying to you. This is another skill for you to incorporate when you're talking to the person or even when you're just praying for the person. And I and I guess side note on that, be praying for the person, like being praying for the person consistently and, and write down prayers for them and just be mindful of them in your time with the Lord so that you can get insights because God will give you insights into their lives that you wouldn't have otherwise. And so that's an important thing, obviously, to be praying for the person and even listening to what God is trying to tell you about the person. But really pay attention to that, whether it's something that he's saying to you in a whisper or just a nudge where you're like, you know what, something's not feeling right. If something's not feeling right about what this person is telling you or you're, you're, you're observing something in their life, call that out. And if you're wrong, then you're wrong. But call it out. It's better to call it out than not. For example, there was a, there was a man who... Um, I wasn't his accountability partner actually, but I, I just kind of knew him. I knew him as an acquaintance and I had him on social media and I saw these pictures that he would post on social media. And I just kind of thought, Oh, those are, they, they look sketchy. They look a little bit inappropriate and they were pictures with, with, um, with girls, but he was married, this guy. And so I thought, Ooh, there's something not right with that. And it came out about eight months later that he had had an affair and that he was into porn and couldn't stop. And so I was just going back to that. I'm like, I think the Lord was then teaching me in that moment that when I when I had that feeling that something wasn't right, 
that the same kind of feeling that he'll give me when I'm in a relationship with someone where I can call them out and not call them on in a mean way, obviously, but, but call out that thing that, that, that flaw or that thing that's keeping them stuck. And so sometimes it's just a feeling that you got to call out. And I think that it's really important to, to, I always say this, to speak to the person's spirit, not just to what they're going to admit, because sometimes people are going to try to be deceptive and they're going to try to lie. And so if you call them out on something and say, hey, I've noticed this in your life. Do you think that this is a hindrance? They might say with their words, you know what? No, I'm good. Like that's not hindering me. But in their heart, they're going to be like, oh man, that person saw that. They're, they're calling me out on that. And so maybe it'll be the next time or a month later that they're like, you know, when you said that, that's actually come out. And so it's important as a person that's accountable to somebody, not just to be listening to their words, but to be listening to what's going on in their in their heart, like what's going on in their life. Be observant of that and don't be so swayed by their words when they when they say, you know what, like what you're saying isn't accurate. It might be. And so you're speaking to their spirit. You're speaking to their heart, not just to what they're willing to fess up to. Yeah, and the skill, I think that's really key here is you you move past maybe the layers of deception that they've built in their own life because that you have to have that um, general understanding is that they have layers of deception in their life. And often they lie because it's, it's just second nature to them, right? They, they just do it and they don't really give another thought about it. So what you're saying, Matt, is you listen beyond the words. You really lean into God and the Holy Spirit leaning you as you hear and try to better grasp what really is going on underneath the surface. And so that really takes, yeah, that, that being paying attention and, and picking up on cues and then being able to ask even probing questions. You know, we hear, but then sometimes we have to ask questions to go deeper and say, well, you know, tell me more. Or what does that mean to you? Um, you know, like sometimes we ask, have, have to ask those probing questions to get to the heart of the matter, to get past those lies and the deception. And that's a skill too, is to listen and to be able to ask those probing questions. Yeah. And that's a great point because here's the thing that we've got to understand. Porn use highlights exactly where in a person's life they need to be discipled. If you ask, so what leads you to porn? Well, it's always when I'm alone and when I'm tired, then you've got to have wisdom in how to steward your times where you're alone. How could you be more honorable to the Lord? Or how could you just do wise things to protect yourself in those times where you're alone? Because times where we're alone can be really beneficial and productive for us. But we've got to we've got to train that person. And so when we're asking them, okay, what leads to this? Well, maybe it's when I always feel down. Or maybe it's after a fight with somebody. With, or I feel disrespected about somebody. Okay, well, are you, do you have idols in your life? Like, do you have idols that you're looking for your work or for your spouse or whoever to affirm who you are and you're not looking to the Lord? And so as a, as a person who's asking open-ended questions, you got to look for these areas in their life that are leading them to pornography because this is how you help somebody get healthy. You don't just say, okay, well, there's, I just think you should not watch porn. You go, okay, what are the areas of unhealth in your life that are leading you to this? And so then an open-ended question would be like, okay, so you feel rejected and that leads you to porn. Um, how, how could you better handle rejection? Rather than giving them the answer, you go, how could you handle that situation better? Um, where do you feel accepted in your life? How could you really feel in your heart accepted by God? And you ask them these open-ended questions because what that does is it gets them thinking in the moment for themselves rather than being way too dependent on you or somebody else. And it also then gives them a skill set to be able to take when they're alone, when they can then change the way that they're thinking and they can ask themselves these questions and they can start to lead themselves. 
yeah, asking good questions is, is so important in those open-ended questions. Because, you know, if you just tell somebody what to do, more often than not, they're not they're just not going to learn. They're not going to learn at all. So if you have the skill set of being able to direct them with by asking great questions, they're going to discover these truths for themselves. And those are way more powerful. They, those take root on a way deeper level. So really, when you're an accountability partner, you should really only be talking maybe 20% of the time. You should be listening 80% of the time and then asking good questions. The time that you're talking, you're usually asking questions. And there are there is a time to tell people something. But like you said, more often than not, when people discover these things for themselves, and that's by God's direction working through you, then that's going to take deeper root in their life. So they're going to share a lot about what's going on for their life, and you're going to help direct them and ask questions about what they're feeling and what was going on in their day to build self-awareness. You have to ask questions to do that. If you just you just tell them what to do, they're not going to start thinking about their life. They're not thinking about what they're feeling. They're not thinking about any of these things. They're just responding to you telling them what to do <laughs> and, and that's not going to work yeah and then when they're alone they're like oh man i need to go ask brad in this question rather than being like oh okay he's trained me on how to think myself or think for myself and ask myself these questions too so um so yeah there's a lot of power in that and then on this topic of skills if you if you haven't heard from your person for a while because it's on them to initiate conversation it's not on you but if you haven't heard from them for a while give them a nudge like send them a text hey what's up call them up maybe it'll be a voicemail like hey haven't heard from you for a while and and show empathy or understanding like hey i know sometimes it's easy to to forget and life gets in the way but this is a really important thing i really want to help you and so um would you want to get back on track with with talking regularly that might be something that's that's really important to just give them a nudge because if if they're scared to reach out what i have found is that often it's because they're falling back in and they're like oh i can't believe i did this and they just feel so down and so ashamed because when people are on the journey to getting free from pornography and then they take steps back often the shame is even worse when they've fallen back and so when people go quiet a lot of times that's why and so it's important for us to to not be the one who's always initiating the calls every week or however often it is for you. Um, it might be every couple of days. It might be every four days. It might be, you know, whatever it is. But but if it's been an extended period of time, it is important to have that willingness to, to give them a nudge and reach out. So what happens though, Matt, when that person isn't engaging anymore? Say they've totally ghosted you. Like you don't hear anything from them and they're not engaging or they're just, even in the conversations you're having with them, they are not willing or they're digging their heels in like what do you do then what would jesus do i mean if you look at how jesus led he's so different than how we lead today i mean that guy his most offensive messages were were to the biggest crowds people walked away and he's like ah if they have ears to hear they'll hear and he just didn't try to convince people and he was willing to walk away from people and just i I heard it said so well one time have such a trust relationship with the holy spirit that you trust that the Holy Spirit will work on them, even if you're not. And so if they're just resistant and it's not going anywhere, I mean, you got to value yourself and value the call that God has put on your life to the point where you're like, you know what, this is taken away from some things that that I want to do or that I feel like God wants me to do. And so we've got to be willing to cut the cord and not be super emotionally attached to that person. But I mean, I, I think probably continue to pray for them. I mean, definitely reach out every once in a while, every one or two months or whatever it would be. But there is that part of it that's just a really hard lesson to learn for anybody who has a heart for other people. That sometimes people just aren't ready for help. And 
I think it's important to cut that relationship off by saying, hey, I'm here for you. If you ever want to reach out again, I believe in you and I'm, I'm going to continue to be praying for you. If you ever want to reach out, I'm here for you. And often that will be over a text or over a voicemail that doesn't get returned. But at least they'll have that last message from you where they know that maybe it's a year later they can still reach out. I, that's so well said. Having the skill to be able to have conversations, discussions like that where you just say, look, I care, but I don't know if you're ready for this yet. Yeah, I don't think you're here yet. I'm, I'm more than willing when you are ready and I'm here for you. Um, but for now, maybe this isn't the time for you. I mean, if you're, you need to have those conversations sometimes too because if you just enable them in whatever they're doing, you're going to live out uh, years of accountability with them that goes nowhere and you're, go, you're just going to have a bad taste in your mouth and that person isn't going to get any kind of freedom and it's just going to get worse. So you can't enable people. You have to you know, move past that and have those conversations where you challenge them. Challenging people is an important part of this too. It's an important skill. It doesn't mean that that's all we do. It's just sometimes we have to have those conversations look like, I don't know if this is the time for you. Um, when you are ready to invest in this, then I'm here. And then moving on from skills, I mean, there's so many great skills we can have, but there's other things we need to have too. And that's some understanding of the process of healing. So to help with your understanding, having them give you what we call a full life disclosure is super important. And it's, an, it's, it's so important for them to be able to get everything out, to, to bring everything that they've done out onto the table and have it right in front of you. Um, and, and often it's important even to be like, are you lying about something? Like, is there something you're not telling me? Is there anything more? And you kind of ask these pushing questions, maybe from different angles. And if they're like, no, that's really everything. I mean, hopefully it is, maybe it's not, but at least probably it's what the, it's all that they're going to tell you. And so pushing this idea of full life disclosure is so important for them, but also for you to understand their pattern in life. Like what are the situations in their life that lead them to acting out in pornography or with other people or masturbation? Is it a time of day? Is it morning or night? Is it when they're in a hotel? Is it when they're in their car? Is it when they're at home, when they're alone? Or is it when they're with people and they sneak off to another room? Um, is it always on their phone? Is it always on a computer? Is it on other people's computers? I mean, you got to understand everything about their whole pattern and, and what they've done, because when you can understand that, then you start to see patterns emerge and you're able to then help them set boundaries when, I mean, say, for example, a hotel is a real struggle struggle for them. Well, if they're going away on a work trip, you can really be um, adamant about setting boundaries and even looking for other ways other than staying in hotels by themselves. And so you've got to have, have this full life disclosure for them, but also for you to understand what's going on. And with that, it's everything that they've done, but also what do they think about? What are the fantasies? Um, this could be a funny one. This can be a funny one for people to admit and, and often fairly uncomfortable, but like what kind of pornography do you look at? Or if it's prostitutes, like why do you go to, to prostitutes? Why do you hire escorts? Do you hire an escort that looks a certain way? Like what's the fantasy in your mind that you're trying to fulfill? Because fantasies will tell you so much about a person and help you really understand the lack in their heart or what they're really longing for. And you also have to have understanding, moving on to the next one, understand whether you are the person to help this other person. If you are a guy and a younger woman or a woman approaches you to be their accountability partner, I'm going to do three big X's there. <clears throat> no, not happening. It's not good for you, not good for them, okay? You're going to, you can build a, an emotional connection with that person and also, as a man, you, you know, 
you, you can help another man in the journey because there's a greater level of understanding there. There's a greater, greater level of rapport between you two based on that. But if you're opposite sex, there's just going to be a disconnect there. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy for them, not healthy for you. And then it can cr- create a lot of problems too moving forward. And you're not going to be helpful. You're not going to be supporting. You're not going to be a partner with them. You're going to be impeding them in their, their healing journey. If it's a woman, she needs another woman. If it's a guy, he needs another guy. The next one there too is you need to understand that this is an addiction and there is a physiological component to this. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a psychologist, but you need to get that the brain has been rewired, that this is a brain, heart, spiritual issue too, but there is a brain component to this and you have to get that because if we don't, we're just going to tell someone just stop, you know, pull up your bootstraps, stop, stop the behavior. They can't, (laughs) they're addicted. The mind is wired for this. So you have to understand what that is. Get educated on that. We have other great podcasts um, that allude to this, but there's other re- great resources out there um, that can talk about the brain physiology uh, of what happens to someone who's addicted to porn. So you just need to have some basic understanding of that so that you can help. Yeah, so like Brad and saying, doing research is really important on the brain. It's also just important to just continually be learning about whether it's addiction, whether it's growing in Christ, I mean, whether it's, whatever the topic is, it's important for you to be growing as somebody who's helping other people because we've always got to be reading. I mean, readers are, are leaders, right? And leaders are readers. And so we've always got to be able to learn more to, to get a better understanding of what this person is going through. And, and part of that, though, is realizing that we don't always have all the answers. And so sometimes maybe they have to go to a counselor. I mean, I think that they always should get involved in a group, like we were saying, and, and use other resources. But sometimes you're part of their journey, but you're not the whole journey. And so part of that is realizing that it might come to an end. Like it might get to a point where you're like, you know what? One of you might say, uh, I don't know if, if we need to continue on. Um, I've had that in my life where I've worked with people that, they're like, you know what, this has been really good. I've grown lots, but I feel like I don't I don't need it anymore or I'm getting help elsewhere. Or, you know, we do one-on-one coaching. They're like, you know what, we've gotten to a point now where I feel like if I just in, get involved with the groups in pure freedom, that that's what I need to continue on. And they do, and it's great. And that doesn't mean that you're not good if you're helping somebody and, and they pull the plug or maybe you have the self-awareness and the humility to be like, you know what, I think the best thing for you would be to go to this counselor or get involved in this ministry and have that understanding that sometimes we don't have all the understanding and the knowledge and there might be other people who are more trained for that. So that's a that's a, a humble part, but it's also just a releasing part because we don't have to put all the pressure on ourselves. That's so true. Another thing is that we need to understand that as an accountability partner, we are focused on someone's life, not a behavior. <laughs> That's really key because if we just focus on porn, we are missing the whole story. Porn is just a symptom of a larger issue. Porn is just the the coping mechanism that people use to mask over their own stuff, their pain, their past, um, whatever, the way that they deal with emotion, the way that they deal with stress in life. So we need to focus on life, the life of a person. And we're there to help a person journey towards growing in their whole life, not just one little area. And I know that seems pretty daunting, but this is important for us to understand. And that's why building self-awareness is key. That's why when we talk to somebody, we, we can ask the questions, you know, like, how are you eating? How are you sleeping? You know, what are you doing to keep yourself healthy? And that's just one part of it, but that's still a part of it. Um, what are you doing in your relationships? You know, how healthy are your relationships with your parents, with your spouse, with your kids? 
you know, asking questions like that, you know, because it's a life we're talking about, not just a behavior. So if someone asks you to do this, don't be afraid, you know, engage with this, you know, because maybe this is the time in someone's life that God's calling you to end a journey with them. And you have the privilege of doing that and turn around, turning around and helping another person. It's one of the best things you can do. You can set the vision for them too, that they, maybe at some point they're able to do that for somebody too. It replicates itself and you can set that vision. So we want to leave that with you today. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate uh, all the support you guys give. And if you want to know as an accountability partner, some great resources, you know, great groups, Pure Freedom Journey, please look into that. Look into Restored Ministries. Check out the different things that are going on with groups there. And if there's other groups that maybe you're aware of too, feel free to tell us. You know, we're always growing and learning and understanding of, of what's out there, but other resources. and um, But, you know, check out a website for, for other next steps that you can kind of figure out and pass people on to so that when they do ask the questions, you know where to go. So thanks again, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.